Cybersecurity expert Aidan Bieber legally obtained copies of the visa contracts with Albania, Brazil, Israel and the EU. These contracts ensure Pfizer cannot be held liable for damages and places full liability on government purchases of their product. Aidan Bieber, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. You've discovered genuine contracts governing the supply of COVID-19 vaccines between Pfizer and several countries. Can you confirm that contracts written with countries such as Australia and the US would have had identical conditions as contracts that you've seen? I can, but I think if I would provide you this confirmation, it would be just my word against the word of someone else. I would prefer probably to give you a better confirmation. Pfizer themselves have confirmed it, and we have both a PR uh, um, inform PR that came out from Pfizer in January this year, and an interview that was done by a senior Pfizer executive uh, who confirmed that. So let me first start maybe with with the background of it, uh, which is the PR uh, announcement. So at that point of time in January. Uh, Pfizer was doing negotiation with Brazil and there was some calls and some mentioning in the, in the news press about the terms of it and then Pfizer released a press release and I would like to read to you what they written as part of the press release. This is translation from uh, Portuguese to English and the statement was like that. that. That's a statement from the 8th of January this year. Countries like the United States, Japan, Israel, Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, Mexico, Ecuador, Chile, Costa Rica, Colombia, and Panama, as well as the European Union and other countries, have guaranteed a quantity of dosages to start immunizing their population through an agreement that includes the same clauses presented to Brazil. So that is the first uh, proof that, that we have that came from Pfizer. So this is not my assumption or things that I can that I can claim this is comes from Pfizer now that's that's what you can say well it's a PR statement so how can that be maybe 100% correct even though PR statements go for legal for legal review the more interesting another the more interesting uh, clue that we have that this is actually true came from a person named um, Carlos Murillo who used to be the CEO of Pfizer in Brazil and then became the CEO of Pfizer in Latin America. So in 2020 when there was negotiation he was the CEO of Brazil and in 2021 the Brazilian um, the Brazilian um, Parliament has created a, co a committee to try to review and to investigate what was going on with regards to the COVID vaccination. And they asked him to give a, testi a testimony. And during the testimony, he practically said and testified in, in front of the, in front of the uh, a commission, something that I will try to read to you what was, what was published in, so I'm going to read to you right now from CNN Brazil article from the 13th of May 2021. And in it, they say that Murillo pointed out that apart from regional changes in the agreement, the contracts has been suggested to Brazil is the same as the one signed by 110 other countries and stated that none of these countries has contested the clauses in the contract that refers to liability for the vaccine's side effect. And um, I can give you the exact quote, but I think we can save the time for that thing. So 
practically we have both uh, a statement that came from Pfizer Brazil and both a testimony in front of uh, of a legal of an of a congressional hearing in Brazil of a senior Pfizer executive who's the head of Pfizer in Latin America who practically says the same thing. Those contracts are the same and there's a reason why they are the same uh, you, look i worked in a pharmaceutical company in the past i worked in Merck and domo or msd or merck in the us it really depends which part of the world you are in and merck had um and and and, and i was and, and i was first the subsidiary then moved to regional headquarter and and what you and, and as part of my work as information security work with 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 legal with the legal department and and what i noticed and what i've been told in the past by by the person who was the financial director uh, that i worked with uh, underneath he said to me something very simple he said to me you know all the contracts we receive here in the country comes from the headquarters and and the reason for that is simple because contracts are quite complicated they're, they're like a, they're like a computer code and and they, they are based on procedures and, and calls to different other functions that are legal functions. So to change a contract is something very, very complicated and, and, and problematic because it could have an impact on the on the strength of the contract or strength of the program or whatever you call it, the system, the legal system that you create around the contract, which is the contract. So the the changes are usually very very minimal you are need to do changes that adjust to to local to local country that's why each and every contract will be slightly different because the language will be different the terminology would be slightly be, be different but in, at the end of the day the t the terms and what was in the contract the substance didn't really change that much the contracts are you know, really one-sided and highly beneficial to visor in fact i saw a cartoon once where it said there's this terrible, terrible scenario on the horizon and they showed you all these Pfizer's executives there. And they said, look, if the uh, mandates aren't passed, our bottom line or our commission may be hurt. And that, that was their concern. But can you just give us an example, or maybe two examples, of the worst aspects of these contracts? Yes, of course. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm using. I'm, I'm going to. I'm using, going to use a paper to quote that. So that's. I'm going to look down on the screen. But I think that the reason why is because I would like to read those words so people would understand them. So first of all, um, let's look at the the most the most out outrageous element for me in the contract was the uh, indemnification. So all the contracts included in indemnification clauses, and I would read to you the statement what they do. Purchaser hereby agrees to indemnify, defend and hold harmless Pfizer, BioNTech, each of their affiliates and each of their officers, directors, employees and other agents and representatives from and against any and all suits, claim, actions, demand, losses, damages, liabilities, settlement, penalties, fines, costs and expenses whether sounding in contract, tort, intellectual property, or any other losses caused by arising out of, relating to, or resulting from the vaccine, including prescription, prescribing, administration, provision, and the use of the vaccine. And that is quite a strong thing. Now, to understand why is it so, why is it so, so important, why, why this clause is so big and so important, you need to understand that in the Rand Institute had uh, had a, a, a online symposium about the about the liability element. There are two symposiums. The first one was about international countries, and the other one was about the U.S. And when they talked about the international, they say the following: they say most of the countries around the world 
do not give full indemnity to vaccine manufacturers. That was not the norm. That was never the norm. And now what happened is that via those contracts, countries has practically changed the whole system. And right now, manufacturers have, as you heard right now, not only the manufacturers themselves, but also officers. You cannot touch anybody who were involved in the process of of the vaccine of the vaccination of the vaccination system or product or, or product or whatever you would call that. So that's one thing which is very 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 big. The second thing um, um, was the fact that well, with regards to the indemnification, Pfizer had the right to defend itself to require the countries to uh, to perform the defense on their behalf. Uh, Pfizer has the right to decide that if the if the country is not defending itself. So what happened is that we are the citizens. We cannot sue Pfizer because we don't have we don't have an agreement with Pfizer. However, we can sue the country. So we can sue the ones who have uh, who have administered to us the, the vaccination. And so, but 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 Pfizer is saying if somebody is suing you, we need to we need, we're going to review that. And if we think that you are not doing your job correctly. We have the right to come into the in, into the trial, bring our own office, bring our own lawyers, and, and you're going to pay for that. It's in the contract. It's quite fascinating. There, there is. It's quite an an amazing thing to read. There's also there's also like the, this result in zero liability practi- liability practically. So that's one thing which is quite quite big. And and I think, but the more interesting one for me and the one that really out of all the clauses and there's a lot of them over there that you can spend a lot of time reading the one thing that really was what i call the long-term clauses and i would read to you exactly the clause that appears over there purchaser further acknowledges that the long-term effect and efficiency of the vaccines are not currently known and that there may be adverse effects of the vaccine that are not currently known further to the extent applicable, purchaser acknowledges that the product shall not be serialized. That is that is a, a quite a strong statement, it, and and it practically says for, from from Pfizer perspective, they say to you, you are admitting that you know that there could be long term effects, and that we don't know about them, and you don't know about them, and you accept that, and that means that. All the countries that say to you that the vaccines are safe and effective, what they didn't tell you is that they have agreed to that statement. I have never seen any country that says that 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 they have signed this contract, and that has been quite a quite a fascinating thing to to discover. And that has been probably the one thing that people my my Twitter my Twitter thread that 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 first exposed the the Albanian contract is still being shared by people who just discover it right now and they are in shock and this is one of the this is one of the things that is constantly being shared a lot other that one and the what I call the ivermectin clause that says that countries that even even if there's going to be a product that would be able to to if it's going to be a medicine uh, you, uh, countries cannot return back and cannot cancel the, their their contracts with Pfizer. So th- those are those are quite a strong things that are in the contract. Again, there's a lot of other things that appears there that you would th- that any consumer rights um, law that you will have in any country would have thrown the contract out of the, uh, as illegal because it's extremely one-sided. But since this contract has been signed in in, in secrecy, that has never been happened yet. Well, the, the secrecy is no longer there. But what about 
you know, threats for exposing this information? What about censorship? I would imagine you've been on the front line with all that. Uh, from a censorship perspective, I, I was... So I exposed the contract, I think, on the 26th of July, and then 27, I exposed, I, 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 I got the, 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 the Brazilian one. Now, the Brazilian one was more interesting for me than the Albanian, because the Albanian one, I found it on the internet, and you know, you cannot really, you can't really have a, an ability to, to identify what is the real quality uh, of a document that you find on the internet, you might gonna assume, but you can't really make a, um, a, a statement. With the Brazilian one, it was different because what I found was a, a digitally signed copy. Now, what is a digitally signed copy? It means that the document itself has been, um, they, they, they used a mechanism that, that, that is used in order to provide assurances and non-repudiation. It provides authenticity, it provides um, um, assurance that the document hasn't been modified. It provides you the non-repudiation. You know who are those parties that signed it. And that is based on, on a whole cryptographic mechanism that, that, that is being used for that. And I have managed to validate the signatures themselves. I've managed to validate the document itself versus the Brazilian um, site. So I had a document which I knew for 100% is real. Mm. And I'm publishing mm. the two documents. So first one, 26, the second one, 27. I get this huge uh, People start to share it hysterically. I get 15 million views in two days. And then after two days, my account has been what they called restricted. They go, we are suspecting that there's something wrong with your account. <laughs> we are restricting it. And so my account has so my account has been restricted. That evening, mm. I was, I was, my information has been on Tucker Carlson on Fox News Network. So he like has the most popular uh, uh, news show on American television, and they mention my my thing, and I get, and and I'm restricted, meaning I cannot have, I cannot send any messages, but my emails, I still receive the messages from what, and I get all those reporters and 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 shows try to contact me, and I cannot reply to them. Mm. So. That's for about for three weeks, and after three weeks, my account has my account. Uh, I get a message that my account has been suspended. Mm -hmm. Now I've seen I've seen what happened to other people that their account has been suspended. That's farewell to your account. But my account has been returned in 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 less than an hour, something like that. And I've been and and I and and I and I'm still puzzled why I got it back. I think it's because I made multiple attempts to try to restore the account, and I have provided to them all the evidence to show them that I have not violated the terms of, of service. The most important thing with, with, with Twitter and, and all organizations like that, they have terms of service. And you, if you can prove yourself to show them that you have not violated the terms of service and you can provide evidence to that, you would be okay. And I did so, and, and I think that helped. But that was the level of that in terms of the censorship. But after three weeks, after that, there's other things that came around. I tried to, and and, and then maybe uh, if I if you, if you don't mind, I would tell you something that would happen with the mainstream media. The mainstream media, other than that, I have approached multiple mainstream media outlets, and and I try to get them. Even even in, I, I'm from the UK originally, so I, I I'm I'm I try to reach. Uh, UK uh, news outlets, including the ones that are supposed to be uh, critical of government's uh, extreme censorship, and had no reply back. Mm. And then, and then a few months ago, I think in August, in, in the end of no, no, not at the end of August, uh, in in September, yeah, in September, the Guardian is publishing an article about uh, Brazil, about what happened with Brazil with Pfizer, and they mention the contract, and they don't mention me, and I go, that's weird. 
So I'm going. I'm trying to contact them and try to figure out what's going on over there. And I get an answer from their editor said to me, "Well, we never heard about you." Go, okay, that's weird because I, I still think that if you look for Pfizer documents at that point of time, you'd see my account. I go, okay, maybe. And then I found out a few weeks ago there was um, Citizen.org. It's a, it's a, it's a citizen activism. Uh, activist uh, organization that locates in the US Ralph Nader created it many many years ago and but but he's not associated with the organization anymore and and they have published a whole article about the about the contracts of Pfizer and they do not mention me they mention for example the Albanian Brazilian has has leaked onto Twitter and they mention links to everything else where they found the documents but they don't mention me mm. and I go why is that and why was this thing being published by everyone and mine wasn't published why does mainstream media didn't publish it and I realized the main difference is that the the the, um, the, the articles that was published for example in the citizen was criticizing the government why does the criticizing Pfizer that they that they are that their contracts prevents a poor country from receiving the mRNA vaccination. So practically, the reason why this article became, uh, they, they mentioned it in Washington Post and many other major news outlets, the reason why it was published is because, not because somebody talked about the contract, because the context was, we want to vaccinate all the poor countries and it's because of this contract, now we cannot do that. That was the context. With, with, with The Guardian, it was another thing. It was criticizing uh, uh, the government of Brazil, practically, which they don't like. So at the end of the day, I realized that the, the reason why I have that why I've been practically censored by, by mainstream media had to do a lot with the fact that I I have been writing a lot of things which are extremely uncomfortable. I also wrote another set of articles, not only about the contracts. I wrote also about something a technology called codon optimization, which is used by the majority of the manufacturers, which is practically causing the spike protein that these pro that the vaccines are generating to be generated in a wrong form and causing the body to be to the immune system not to protect you from the real uh, SARS-CoV-2 mm -hmm. uh, virus mm -hmm. and and I published more things about about the um, I published about the EU contracts I published a whole review of the legal element of the EU contracts and I published also about the 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 Merck uh, 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 medicine, and I and I showed that uh, that there is a high risk that it is that it is cancerous, and that the claims that Merck has that they managed to disprove that it is cancerous are wrong, and I proved it scientifically. So obviously, the way that I perceive the communication, what I, the, the information and the and and the direction that I lead to is not something that mainstream media wants to hear mainstream media is mainly owned by and being sponsored by by pharmaceutical companies and organization and, and companies that have an interest of making sure that this information would not be there so that's why I, that's why I, I it's called soft censorship until now <laughs> like all good propaganda companies uh, PR companies uh, we have all the mainstream media as you said doing their doing their stuff for government, big pharma, all the other uh, bad actors. Uh, just quickly, uh, Aidan, uh, do you know if uh, contracts with other main COVID-19 vaccine suppliers have similar unfair terms? Um, yes, I do. Uh, there is, um, I published something on Twitter, and I, I'm right now would move it also to my blogs in a while, which I called Crimes Against EU manatee and I would and I would tell you how we can search it on Twitter so you can find a uh, crimes against and then the sign dash 
and then EU and uh, and then uh, sorry this hashtag EU dash manatee and then you would find I, and and the reason why I mention it is because I I I provided an analysis and showed how practically you have the same terms of indemnity for all vaccine manufacturers it's as if it's it's kind of fascinating there's 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 small um small variation with regards to it but in general it practically says the same thing it's almost it's all been organized it's all been it's all been provided in advance it was all the the language is different because those are different lawyers who wrote who signed who wrote it in pfizer and moderna and and all the other companies but at the end of the day it is it is practically the same and you can look it up in my in my and you can see the, the comparison as well as an analysis what, what you can do what countries can do in order to or individuals can do in order to protest and to to uh, make pfizer uh, liable and remove the indemnification uh, uh, clauses from the contracts Really uh, scary stuff. We now know the, uh, what the new world order is looking like. We have Big Pharma ruling the world and the rest of us are just the plebs that uh, service Big Pharma. Look, Aidan, a great pleasure chatting with you. We'll do this more often. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. The new scary and Omicron has the world on a knife edge. Well, so the media would have us believe. Governments globally are feverishly working overtime, working out ways to lock the world up, have pushed the bottom line for Big Pharma. Omar Khan is a recognised consultant who is presently working with Dr Shankara Chetty of South Africa to increase awareness of Dr Chetty's breakthrough eighth-day protocol and the analysis of COVID claims. Omar has been instrumental in bringing the early treatment paradigm to Sri Lanka, where early outpatient therapy is now officially endorsed. First of all, Omar, thanks very much. And I think I got his name wrong. It's Chankara Chetty too. So if he's watching right now, please forgive me. Uh, how are you? I'm very well. How about yourself? Very well, thank you. We see that uh, Omicron is uh, sort of, um, well, it's the, uh, they, they're working over time to try and make it worse than it is. Uh, do you think they'll have any luck? Well, you know, gullibility is their friend um, mm -hmm. because on, on the face of it, even the uh, head of the South African Medical Association, who first brought this to the world's attention, has been desperately back on media saying this has been taken all out of proportion. Um, I did say there was a reason for concern because of the number of mutations. However, all the patients that I've seen have been with mild symptoms, all healthy, they've recovered. And so this might be of concern to people who are very old or with comorbidities or with no vaccination. That's her um, interpretation, not mine on the vaccination front. However, this is straight from the source. And she's saying this has been taken way out of proportion. So when the person who spotted it identified it and is the head of the South African Medical Association is telling you that, then certainly one understands we're dealing up, we're dealing with a tarted up scare. What's Dr. Chetty's uh, views about this? So it was very funny because um, he was jetting, he was flying here and there within the country and I, of course, asked him what his thoughts were. And he said that he thought it had been, again, 
um, an inflated scare, you know, he sees patients every day. And so he's a very good source uh, to ask about this because if there had been a change, um, you know, any kind of significant change in terms of what was showing up, given the hundreds of patients he sees every day um, and thousands in a couple of weeks, he would have probably experienced it. And uh, I mean, his words were very specific. He said the new variant, and I'm quoting now, lethality is only in its capacity to monger fear. Uh, he said, I've noticed a rise in gastrointestinal presentation over the past few weeks. Otherwise, nothing irregular. It would seem as if, though, governments and health bodies and all sorts of uh, bad actors, are they're looking for that, that new virus or variant or scary just to uh, endorse more lockdowns. Um, again, bigger profit for big pharma. Um, do you get this feeling too that they, and especially the media, that they're looking for this new virus that's going to obliterate the planet? Well, you know, we have this every Christmas season. Um, we have had it at other seasons that suddenly out of the blue, there's uncharted uh, waters in a variant, even though there's close to several hundred thousand variants of uh, the coronavirus, and we don't know what we don't know. Uh, it ends up being unprecedented in some way or the other, or so it's alleged. Uh, immediately, without having done any investigation, inhibitions on people's liberties and lives are imposed, the travel bans, the impact on an already um, reeling economy in South Africa. And then they say, watch this channel, we'll tell you, because we have your back. And of course, it's total gibberish. And then after a while, they come back and say, oh, yeah, yeah, it was, as, it was apocalypse as we feared. Um, shut down everything until we eventually look at the mortality numbers and find out that it was in a tempest in a teacup in terms of mortality and why everyone is so infatuated with tracking case numbers when we know the PCR tests are fickle and don't work. And the UK, for example, has been having 35,000 plus case cases, inverted commas a day, maybe 50 deaths yesterday. So there's a total disconnect between the testing regime, which is itself uh, a scam money-making operation, because if you just stop testing tomorrow on the basis of excess mortality in the globe, you wouldn't know there was anything unusual going on on the planet. As Anthony Fauci would probably say, Christmas, tis the season to be infected. Uh, what, are the, yeah. what are the symptoms associated with uh, this, um, this mild variant or dash media scariant? So, I mean, what we hear is that uh, you have fever sometimes, a mild cough, maybe a little gastrointestinal upset, and a sense of tiredness. So far, they say it does not, however, have the trademark loss of uh, taste or smell that's associated with COVID. And um, said head of the South African uh, Medical Association said that the this was in younger patients. 
Therefore, it's not that worrying given their um, resilience. And she said, indeed, in a couple of days when she checked back, uh, the fatigue had lifted. Uh, and even there wasn't a cough necessarily, sometimes a mild one. So, so far, really mild symptoms. Um, and if you take a look at Botswana, which is the other place it was discovered, it was discovered in the bodies of fully vaccinated patients. Number one. And number two, uh, there has been no COVID-related deaths reported from Botswana in the last 30 days, period. So that's about how terrifying it is. Well, it's terrifying for Big Pharma because they're not going to increase the bottom line by much. But what about uh, the media? I mean, <laughs> they love scaring us all out of our, out of our wits. Where do you see this, this heading or leading? Are we, you know, because we're seeing these travel restrictions now. We see, we've seen Anthony Fauci looking very serious, and as I said, tis the season to be infected. Uh, where do you, I mean, you know, we've seen the overreaction of various governments uh, the last uh, 18 months, two years. It's just been outrageous. Um, do you think they could become, yeah, outrageous with, with, with Omicron, or do you think maybe, nah, they, they just can't, can't do it? The wish list is just not going to happen. Well, you know, I think that's up to us. And here's the funny thing, because the only thing driving this is our desire or willingness to be petrified. So, of course, if you give media a further grist for the mill, just when the other alternative might have been to try to find some news, which they're so out of practice doing. So, of course, they go nuts on this. Mm. New York State has declared a state of emergency proactively though there's not a single case in New York State. Um, and so, you know, you just have to look on with bewildered horror. And then you have all these governments saying best to go get vaccinated. But this keeps presenting itself in the vaccinated. Um, it's shown up in Australia now. And the only way it could have gotten into Australia was through a vaccinated person because you don't let unvaccinated people into Australia. Well, so, I mean, there's, so, there's a headline you know, so, somewhere. Right. I mean, but, you know, you won't see the headline mm. uh, because this, you know, it's shown up in Denmark. It's shown up in the Netherlands. It's shown up all over. So, mm. you know, cats out of the bag. There's no point having travel restrictions. And if it's entering these countries that have fairly stringent screening regimes, then you have to realize it's coming in through the vaccinated because mm. you can't have it both ways. Look, um, I mean, I, I uh, love uh, Dr. Chetty's Eighth Day Protocol. If somebody wants to find out more about that, how do they do that, Omar? Well, um, they can either go to my blog, uh, uncommonwisdom.online, uh, and they will see both your uh, interview with both of us um, in, you know, enjoying pride of place. There's also an earlier podcast I did with a good doctor, um, along with other thought leaders. So that might be an interesting entree. Um, of course, if they just uh, type in Dr. Shankara Chetty um, or Dr. Chetty Eighth Day Protocol, um, the internet will, you know, throw up a number of other uh, options. I know that he's in the process of uh, creating a website where all the resources associated uh, with his work, the data, and so on, will be compiled. Uh, but a good place to start could just be our earlier interview with you, uh, as I said, uh, on uncommonwisdom.online. 
um, as well as the earlier podcast. Uh, and on that blog, if I might say, is also a trove of other resources uh, and articles belligerently um, taking issue with this fact-free panic porn drivel that's being shoveled around the planet. Yeah, I often refer privately now that I'm becoming braver, I refer to our, we have all the states when they meet with the prime minister to discuss what's going to happen with uh, the the nation's health. It's not a meeting of the minds, it's a meeting of the mindless. Uh, Omar Khan, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, my friend. All the very best.